Yo, what's up, everybody? On this episode of the Bullpen Podcast, I'm going to actually introduce you to the network that gave me my start, the Bitcoin Podcast Network, and we're going to have a pretty lively debate about fiat versus cryptocurrency. Let's do it. All right. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, The Crypto Bully, any co-host and his guests do not give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo-jumbo to smooth things over. Now, let's do it. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Play ball! Podcast number nine, the crypto bully. Wow! <laughs> he makes it look so easy. And that ball has left the stadium. Yo, what is up, everybody? So, this episode right here, this was a, this was a really cool one. This was one I've been wanting to do for a while now. Um. I have actually talked to the homie DJ about this, and I was excited. And pretty much what we're doing right here is that uh, I'm tuning you guys into the three individuals that were awesome enough to allow me to come on their platform and basically gave me the room to create this podcast. Um, that is the Bitcoin Podcast Network. So I'm just super thrilled that y'all are here. Um, I'm gonna let y'all introduce yourselves, man. It's, it's three of y'all. All of y'all are awesome. Go ahead. Uh, I guess we should start host number one in order. Uh, my name is Marcello. I am kind of the anti-hero of the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here because I'm waiting for institutional money to come into the space so I can be a little bit more comfortable in life. The technology is cool, but it's not my main focus. And I am a part of the show for as long as I have to just keep my pulse on the space and where it's moving uh, and, you know, and to stay in touch with uh, my best friends and just have something to look forward to every week. All right. Uh, I'm host number two. I'm not sure that's the definition of anti-hero, though. But, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I got bad news for each other. The institution mm-hmm. money already has come into space. This doesn't oh, look dumb. like we thought it would look. Mm. Uh, and my mic is kind of going out, but it's back. I'm host number two. Um, I'm the guy that gets overly excited about crypto for all the wrong ma- reasons, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like the philosophical reasons. Um, you know, separation of money and state, all that cute stuff. That us crypto heads like. 
Um, we started this. Do we go into the whole origin story? The, like the origin of how we formed? Or yeah. Or are we going to do that a little bit? I mean, you can do whatever. I All mean, right. I guess we'll, we'll do that Corey, a little bit. Yeah, but, let Corey introduce himself, and then we can do that. <laughs> cool. I mean, everybody knows this is our network. Does it feel like we're <laughs> we are by now? Um, yeah, I was still D. You guys know me. On to you, Corey. I'm passing you the rock. Yeah, I'm a, I'm host number three, uh, Doctor Corey Petty. I am your resident nerd slash developer slash guy that uh, correct everybody on technical details that don't really matter in some cases uh, <laughs> i got into the space because i am heavily passionate about like how the technology works and how i feel that's going to change social culture and how humans like interact with sending just how humans interact in general and so i, I like someone someone on a previous podcast <clears throat> one of our one of our bitcoin podcast episodes um kind of laid us through out as like in the way we treat the technology and I treat the technology like an infant, like we're really, really early. There's so much more to room to go. Um, we shouldn't be worried about like mass adoption yet because of all the stuff we need to do. D teaches it like a, like kind of like, uh, like maybe a toddler or adolescent, adolescent, yeah. adolescent where you're like, come on, man, get, get, get it together. Like, you know, you should be doing, you should, you should be, you know, saying your sentences and so on and so forth right now. And then cello's like teaching like a teenager is like, man, you need to get out of the house and get it done. Like <laughs> it, it should be working right now. Like, I don't know why it's taking you so long to get, get this thing going. And I think that that dynamic of us three makes it kind of fun because we'll always keep doing it together, but it's never going to be this thing where like, it's a massive echo chamber of us saying the same thing over and over again and agreeing upon it. We, we argue consistently on like, what's going on, why it's important or not important and so on and so forth. Yeah. That is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, (laughs) I like that. I like that. I mean, that's, that's what I like about you guys' podcast when I listen in, um, different perspectives, different personalities, obviously outside of of the guests. And it just lends to great conversation. And obviously you guys are just cohesive. Obviously you guys, you can tell you guys have talked before and you guys are, you know, comfortable with each other. So, yeah, I think it lends to why you guys have such a great podcast, for sure. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank of course. you for adding to the network. Facts. Uh, I feel, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be with you guys. Uh, man, I, I've had, I'm, uh, man, I, I'm not going to lie. When I first started the podcast, I was like, man, because it's obviously when I started this podcast, I was completely new to everything. So before I came to you guys' network, I had literally studied like crazy amounts of information on podcasting for like two months straight, just like in it to win it like crazy. And then um, obviously meeting, uh, knowing about you guys through uh, DJ and just seeing what you guys were doing. I was like, yo, you think they would let me on the network? (laughs) uh, We, we, We didn't do any of that. When we started the podcast, we just did it. <laughs> you say, yes, did it. See? Zero research. Oh, man. It was, if you go back and listen to like episode one, it's yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> and we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to organize things. We just we just hit play and we talked about the thing we were passionate about. And slowly but surely, we like kind of got good at podcasting. <laughs> That's uh, 
Uh, you know what? The unifying passion and friendship like kind of let us keep going and, and learning. And now we, we run, we run a legit operation. We've got a lot of stuff. We've learned a lot of things along the way, but like it goes to show, I think I, one of the like, uh, key things that I try and tell people from experience is that if you like want to try something, just do it and yeah. keep doing it for a long time. And it can end up being legit. Yep. I definitely agree. Yeah. And I, I think that's the beauty of you guys' scenario is that, um, it started just, I mean, you guys, like you said, I mean, you just did it literally. And I think that that's, that's dope. I think that that's a dope part because how many people have ideas and want to do something, but never do it because they feel like, Oh, I need to know this or I need to do that. Or this is in a way. So when you guys were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. And obviously it yeah. worked out. <laughs> so that's, that's super dope, man. That's super dope. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. There's a lot of good lessons we learned, um, especially like working as a team. I don't know. We're kind of a unique case study because one of the things I noticed that we do is we never um, we never get in a. Is my is my mic keep going out? A little, a little bit. Hello, a little bit. Son of a <laughs> technology. That's Anyways, <laughs> we never get in each other's way. Like uh, when it comes to creating, uh, we just don't. Whenever our, you know, we have a wealth of creativity between the three of us and whenever that creativity spills over, it, you know, we don't, we don't throttle that. We all have our own shows right. outside of even the Bitcoin podcast and the Bitcoin podcast network. And we kind of encourage that. And it's good to have an outlet that you can go to and create something of your own. Like Corey has hashing it out. I have just the headers with Jesse, which I think is a shit show, but apparently people love. And like, <laughs> and Cello, he's, he's got bedroom Beethoven's now, which is just it's it's a, a show. Like, well, Cello, you explain the show. Well, it's not on the network. It's completely it's not on the network, separate. but it's still it's uh, uh still your own show. You know? Yeah, so it's it's just a, it's a it's would be in the category of music rather than investing. True that. Well, yeah, that's it. That box, that, it would be in the category of awesome, is what it is. That shit was that shit was dope. I listened to that that first episode, and that shit was I highly enjoyed that shit. I sat down on the couch, had a gallon of water, and was just chilling, just listening to the whole damn. I, I appreciate that, and and I appreciate you. Like when you join the network, your first episode wasn't garbage. It was better produced than our two hundredth show. Yeah, it was good. So that's that's what we like when new shows jump on. You don't <laughs> you don't have you don't have to start at garbage and then get better. Like right. you, you know, so I I appreciate that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I man, I, honestly, that is really just how my brain works. Like so I tell people, right, about the podcast, I'm like, yo, the way I work is I think business first and then I make me fit around it so for me this worked really great because and it's funny right because i myself never thought about doing podcasting i've emceed before for dj so i've had experience with microphones i'm not a shy person and shit like that so that's always been cool but um you know when it came to creating a podcast you know when people were telling me like you should do what you should do a podcast i was like all right cool then i thought about i was like i don't know shit about podcasting like nothing and then me it's just like the way I think about when I go into situations that I'm new to, I feel like I have to properly educate myself if I really want to do it and then do it as quick as possible so I can push out a product to where when people listen, they really have a hard time figuring out whether I ever did this before or not. 
So it was just like when I and honestly, a big motivation for me doing that was going to you guys' website and looking at the other shows you had on the network. Because the first thing I did was I went through. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I went through and I listened to at least one episode of every podcast. And I was like, all right, like I really got to I got to I got to push out some good shit. And that honestly was the most of my motivation. Dead ass. So, yeah, kudos to you guys for uh, motivating me to put out a good product, really. So, what keeps you going, man? What keeps you going with, with Crypto Bully and the Bullpen Podcast? You, you're snagging guests. Um, you can't help but interview people, even when they're on someone else's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> legit. legit. Uh, what keeps me going, man? Um, you know My what? Honestly, at the um, at the heart of it, man, I just really love doing this. So for me, right, I'm really passionate about the crypto, and I love both the trading aspect and the technological aspect of it. But even more than that, it's just like, okay, I'm in crypto, and I'm really in crypto. Like, this is literally, I mean, might as well call it a lifestyle, because pretty much everything I do, I incorporate it into it one way or another. But when I really thought about this podcast... I was like, yo, this is a really cool way to be able to talk and network with a bunch of different people that I may not otherwise have a common ground to say, hey, I'm a random person. Let's have a conversation about what you're doing. So I feel like that this podcast is like perfect for that. So for me, literally just knowing that I'm going to be talking to new random people about um, a particular subject or area that I'm super passionate about, that's it. And that's why I completely walked away from my job to do this. Like, I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm putting 100% of my time and energy into this. And it's not like, okay, I hope this works out. It's like, no, I'm going to make this shit work one way or another. So, um, and then you guys. You quit your job. Yeah. Yeah. I walked. Because I've always, I've always had the thing, right? My thing has always been to walk away from, uh, from uh, corporate America or walk away from the J-O-B world man i just fucking i hate it i hate conforming to something that i feel like doesn't benefit all people you know um or that's i think there's two things that that are that are important Mm -hmm. like one i can't reiterate how much i agree with you on the the like social benefits of running a podcast like there's no other thing that i can think of that you can do where you get to go reach out to anyone that you want to ask them the questions you want to yes and then broadcast it and then everyone thanks you for it yes legit <laughs> so but there's an other side of that where it's like making money in a podcast is not easy especially doing it in a legit way because yep. you have to you have to balance this thing between like who do I take money from how do I represent those people and who am I who am I really serving? Because yeah. your clients are advertisers, but like the real people you care about are the people who are listening to you. Because without them, you've done nothing. Yep, a hundred percent correct. And that is, yeah, that that's tricky. That is really tricky. That's one thing that I've, I've, I think battled a lot in my mind about, right? Because um, I, I've definitely gotten offers uh, for my show for sponsorships, but it really does come down to a, okay. What you know, does it really make sense to take this money? And I think the one thing that I've I've learned a lot about people based on trying to get sponsorships. It's 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 almost kind of funny. You can tell 
very fast that somebody should be in shady or somebody's trying to swindle you or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but at the end of the day, like you said, I think it is important to me. I feel like my, my responsibility lies in, um, the listeners for the most part, you know? Um, so I really try to make sure that I bring things to the table that I feel like, you know, that they'll be happy with. They'll be, you know, they'll, when they hear it or they see it or whatever the case, they'll be like, okay, I, I fuck with this. Like, this is, this is cool. So, which can be tricky as hell. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a crazy world out here in the podcast world. But like you said, um, I wouldn't change if I wouldn't change it for nothing. Honestly, like I love just meeting people. I mean, just chopping it up with you guys right now. You know, like just that's what this is about. Having conversations with people yeah. uh, like minded, same space, you know, different topics, different personalities, different dynamics and bringing it all together in one spot and just chopping it up. So, yeah. What's up with uh, ECC? Is that is that still thriving? Is it doing well? Yeah. So ECC is still doing its thing. Um, the developers are working their ass off um, in the back end. Right. Nothing's flashy and happy and awesome looking right now but i'm actually really really glad that this bear market came through because it really gave us the ability to like get everybody to kind of just shut the fuck up (laughs) and stop talking about you know bull 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 market and it really gives the developers time to focus on the development so i mean the shit that they're doing in the background it's fucking phenomenal and then it's they are like going through this shit with a fine tune comb like it's fine pick comb i mean it's crazy like they're going through a- why why is a bull run distracting developers i i've been hearing that for years why well, can't what- developers just build while we're all rich so the reason well i would say this for ecc it distracts developers <laughs> because our developers engage a lot with the community so like literally i mean you know trying to balance between community and developing and stuff like that when they're very interactive can be hard so because of the bear market came into play obviously the conversation has gone down so it's allowed them to be able to shift their focus without necessarily people being like where the fuck are they at type of deal you know um they're just kind of just coding doing their thing but but the stock of samsung doesn't have to go down for them to come out with a galaxy phone no, I think not. I think the, the barrier to entry in a space is is re- is relatively technical, and so when you're trying to do due diligence, like say for instance the the bull runs happening, people are trying to figure out how to invest. Like because of where we are um, as an entire community is relatively early. There's me yeah. being that infant guy again. Yeah. Um, the barrier to entry is incredibly technical, and yes. so. In order to answer questions, you have to ask the people who are building this stuff. And so yeah. they have to take time answering a lot of these questions instead of actually building. And yeah. and, there, and, the, and the more interest there is from outside sources trying to invest in certain things, make money, put money where they would like to like potentially make more money, so on and so forth. They have to spend that much time answering questions so that like they can legitimately teach people how this stuff works. They can They can... Uh, explain what types of things they're doing that are unique or differentiating themselves from the rest of the other projects. They can explain what things are scams. They can do all this other type of stuff. And in the process of doing that, they're not building. That, yes. that comes from my experience in, in doing is that, that. Is that the reason why people leave the space during a bear market? Not because there's no money to be made, because there's no there's not enough product launches to keep people's interest? Uh, I don't know. I think... I've, you're kind of 
Can I go? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. Yeah. I think I think that it's easy to do, but it, you're kind of mixing two different games together. Like this, the whole Samsung stock thing is a different game than crypto. It's yeah. similar. It's very similar, but the people that work on Samsung at Samsung don't have skin in the Samsung gang unless it's some sort of like retirement plan that they have buy into stock there. Yeah. Most people just don't care. They're getting the paycheck, right? And that's that's funded elsewhere. But with crypto, these developers and these communities have been sold on the, the theory that their incentives are to participate. Yeah. Right. It's it's different. It's it's not the same there. It's not just like a stock where if the stock goes down, Samsung can't make a phone. They they have money. But you're assuming that every person that who's a developer loves crypto. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just love Python. Maybe they, they just love, love that builders. crypto. They love that crypto that they were working on. Because I, I had a job interview at Steam and seventy percent of the offices at Steam didn't even know anything about crypto. And I asked the founder how important it was for him to hire people who have a background in crypto. And he said, it is not a priority. Yeah, because he's just trying to put a pretty shell on something that's got, he's got something that's making him a shit ton of money. Yeah, and what, percentage, what percentage of the space is, like follows that that model? Larimer like, is like the shadow genius of all of crypto. He's made like four things that are worth billions of dollars. Like he doesn't care. He's going to hire some schmucks. <laughs> and they're going to make it look pretty on the outside. Well, I don't know if that's true. I, th- I feel like like Larimer just built something that worked and then moved on because he doesn't really care about the actual use case of it. He's like, oh, you want to do that? Well, here's something that can do that. And then the business guys came in and said, we're going to build a business around this thing that this guy built that doesn't care about it. Mm-hmm. And so the guy that Cello talked to was the guy was like, oh, we have this thing. It works. It does the thing we want it to do. Now we need to build a business around this type of stuff and bring on people who can do that type of stuff because... I mean, we all know anyone who's been in the space for a long time who has tried using this stuff knows that it's cumbersome. It's not at the point of like being the same user experience of like Twitter or anything else that's like easy to use that we've come to expect from any type of internet application. And so what they're trying to do is make it easy to use and approachable from something, from some type of technology that just, that like does what it's supposed to do. And they don't give a shit about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not the majority of projects in the space by any means, in my opinion. In my opinion, the I think the to speak to the toddler thing, I guess that no, I don't even want to speak to that. Everybody knows how I feel about crypto. <laughs> I think the brain share is spread too thin at this point. Yeah. I think that we had an initiative and there was a large amount of brains working on an initiative. Then when that initiative got tough the tough got going and other people were like, well, let's go work on these easier things. Right. And now the brain share is spread so thin between all of these, which are formidable projects, but there's not enough brain to go around to solve these lofty problems. There was one problem and it was finance and we were doing a great job and we would be doing an even better job had shit not gotten fucked. I'm sorry to use just that kind of language, <laughs> but I did. It would we would have been more far along. We would have been able to scale layer two of Bitcoin. We would have been scaling the base layer two. Like there wouldn't be so many different developers and so many different camps trying to solve the exact same problem. No, we had an initiative. It was going well. I know a lot of people would disagree with that because like competition breeds 
I'm raising my hand right now. Competition. <laughs> I see it. He is. Competition <laughs> breeds the best. Uh, I guess competition breeds the best results. That's that's cute and all, but now we're in a situation where we're it's it feels like we're we're spinning our wheels and it's like deja vu every month. It's like yeah. oh, see what for and it's Seen funny before because when I think about it, right? Because looking at a lot of different projects, looking at a lot of different, it, I feel like. I feel like I have yet to really come across the project where I feel like they have a full, like a full capable team. I feel like you have a lot of different people who are good at certain aspects and they try to wear multiple hats where it just doesn't work out. And on top of that, I've ran and definitely have ran into my fair share of people who do, um, who do have what honestly, what Chella was saying, that kind of mind it's, it's weird. I, it's like I've certain people are even being involved with projects or attached to the idea of having a successful project. But then when it comes to putting in the work, they're just kind of like, it's like lackluster. It's just like, eh, you know, like their, their actions doesn't necessarily uh, convey what they, you know, how they felt during the bull run, which is, I think is fucking weird because to me, in my opinion, if you have a passion for something or if you have a passion for crypto, whether the market is bull or bear, that shit's not going to change. If it's a true passion, at least. And I have definitely seen people's sentiment who are working in projects change due to the market, which in my opinion doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, and it is a big reason, honestly, why I'm still with ECC. And of course, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of other people out there with other projects who are still putting in mad fucking work and hours and stuff like that during the bear market. But um, it is it is interesting to watch a lot of I feel like a lot of projects do the shuffle right now. So if you were if you were ahead of a crypto company and you were ready to launch, would you launch right now or would you wait for more people to come in during a bull run? No, I would launch right now. You think that makes the most sense from a business standpoint? The reason why I say that is because the reason why I say that is because if I'm wanting to grab the attention of the people that I feel matter the most, it's going to be a lot easier to do that right now when the noise is down in the room. During a bull run, it's a lot louder. It's a lot more shit going on. And it's a lot more hoopla and all types of, you know, craziness. So for me, especially for, and I will say that based on even, even with the success of me getting, you know, guests on my podcast, that has absolutely come, come from the bear market and things being like calm. And people have literally told me this and their emails have calmed down, their DMs have calmed down, things like that. So when I think about from a business perspective, um, I'm going to be pushing stuff out, right, in two different ways. One, obviously, if I'm building a crypto project, I'm going to want to attract, one, the people that are in the space, but even more so, uh, the people who aren't in the space, if there's a way to pull them in and to make what I have valuable to all parties and not just people in crypto. Because I feel like that's one thing a lot of projects do. They mainly only focus to the people that are already here, and they don't focus enough on the people that are outside of it. They say they want to pull them in, but it's like, okay, do you actually have a business strategy or a marketing strategy or you know a product that really resonates with people who may not even give a fuck about crypto to begin with. So that's what I think about. So um, I would be preparing basically to get the attention of those people while for the important people in crypto, grabbing their attention with whatever, you know, 
whatever I have set up product wise or service wise. Yeah, I want I want to reiterate that. I mean, if you want to be successful as a project, if you have something that does some specific functionality, the best way to do that is to corner the market of the of the of the current ecosystem. Yeah. To become the standard of like, say, like say I'm going to use my my company for instance, Status, mm-hmm. or even the Bitcoin podcast for that matter. Like, we want to be what people say when they're having conversations with other people who don't know about crypto. Be like, oh, you want to do this? Well, you need to use this thing. You want to listen to podcasts? Go to the Bitcoin Podcast Network. You want to have you want an awesome messaging platform? Go use Status. You want to be that. You want to be. You want to get as many evangelists from the current community as you can. And when the community is so diehard, and you're doing a good job, you can capture them. You can capture a good percentage of them easily, or when it's smaller. And as that grows, the percentage stays the same, which means the number of people who are being evangelists for you grows and grows and grows. Which, so if you can become a standard, I think it's easier when the when it's a when it's a bear market, and yeah. you're doing really good work. So like if you're if you're putting something out, now's a good time to do it because you have a better chance of capturing a larger portion of that audience. Facts. It's important what you said, Corey. Have something that works. Yes, yeah, that's true. Look at look at all the that's companies true. that have benefited from the last bull run, and they had something that looks like a pile of shit. Coin Market Cap was a website <laughs> that was a fucking dumpster fire, but everybody in crypto knows what Coin Market Cap is. Why? Because it just at a minimum it worked. Yeah. Right. It just it just worked. The best companies that are quote unquote decentralized. Uh, dApps, those things, they just had minimum things that worked. Like status worked. I used the beta. It worked. I could send messages. It was awesome. It worked. Yep. Right? You have something that works. And I think that's the lesson that's learned. Um, One, I agree with you about the bear market release thing. Um, I do think in this market, the way it is right now, you have to have a bull market strategy. Yeah, definitely. I could say, raise my hand to be guilty is we did not have a bull market strategy for the podcast network. One, we had just started the podcast network. So that was new. And then all of a sudden the bull market happened (laughs) and we didn't have a strategy to get us to, to get, you know, our name out there. We just didn't, we were like, we're just going to keep making a show talking about this thing that we love. It doesn't work that way anymore. So like now, you know, I'm already kind of trying to formulate, okay, when all the noise comes back in, how am I to make sure people, people are seeing it. the signal of the Bitcoin podcast network? That's that's one thing to prepare for. But lessons learned. It's really important that you have some shit that works. I yeah. hope everyone here in this set is building something. <laughs> Just make sure it works. And then yeah. don't sell something that isn't there. Everyone is tired of that shit. Don't yeah. do that anymore. Just yep. sell what you got. Make sure it works. Yep, definitely agree with you there. And I think, and I, I feel like that's the one thing I love about this bear market right right now too, is because it's really bringing light to the people who are basically like selling fucking pipe dreams. I mean, obviously, crypto is fairly new. The technology is fairly new. We know um, a lot of people are trying to develop things uh, that are very different in the sense of how it operates technologically right and that could obviously be a challenge but at the same time i feel like you being a a token or a coin or or a company you need to be realistic and very realistic um and i feel like not a lot of people do that and i feel like they put the bar really high 
but they don't, you know, and then it's like, okay, they don't deliver. And then it's just like, ah, fuck. And I feel like every time that happens, it's like a chink in the crypto belt. And it just keeps getting, you know, getting dinged up. And I do. That's that's the main thing that I look for is I look for somebody that has something that actually has something, not just an idea, but you actually have something develop something that's working, even if it's base, basic, base, whatever. And you're going to improve on it in the future. Having something is better than having nothing at this point, because I feel like we've seen so much nothing that people are just tired of that shit. So it's just like bring something to the table. Well, you're not going to have better ideas in a bear market than you are in a bull market. The only fuckery was able to raise so much money without an actual idea or product. That That's where we went wrong. But just because the serious people are in and the fair weather people are out doesn't mean companies are going to build better products all of a sudden. You're still going to have the idiot CEOs with their dumb ideas. They're just—it's a little bit more legitimate this time around. Yeah, they're not the getting, they they're not getting money so easily. But I mean, that, 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 what's the like? What's the what's the worst thing? Is it uh, you have a tremendous amount of projects being funded by a bunch of people who are interested, and a percentage of those actually going to fruition, or a bunch of people trying to raise money who could make a project, but there's no interest. And so, in a in a, in a bull market, you have like. People, everyone's trying to raise money, but there's not a lot of incoming money coming in, right? Yeah. But, but in the, on the other side, which which kind of mirrors the way most application development works in today's society, like a lot of people are trying stuff, they're all getting funded. A small percentage of them actually succeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to me, that's, for me, that's uh, go ahead, you go ahead, Linda. yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, to me, it made a good point for me. It's always quality over quantity, so I'd rather have fewer projects get funding that's doing real shit than a bunch of people raising a bunch of money and 95% of them doing nothing. Uh, because at the end of the day, that 95% of funding is coming from somewhere, it's coming out of somebody's pocket. Somebody's going to be fucking pissed uh, when they lose their money or can't get their money back or, you know, whatever the case may be. Make a bad investment. Don't have the education trade properly. A whole lot of different scenarios. Um, so, yeah. And the narrative's changed. You know, when, when Bitcoin started, we were talking about secure, untraceable, decentralized currency. Mm-hmm. And now I have a really, really hard time figuring out what the fundamental problem crypto is trying to solve in 2019. That's where uh, I am. Uh, yeah. And that's done by design, Joe. That's that's a narrative that's being pushed yeah. on purpose because but there's a lot of... If we're early, if this is the infant stage, why is the narrative changing? Um, I mean, well, infants are easy to control. Extra, you just pick extra, them up and put them on the couch. broad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, in my opinion, because we're so early and, and, and what we're building is so... Like, it's so low level. It's on the, it's on the order of like the how the internet works, how computers talk to each other, yeah. fundamentally different. They're like, it can, it can potentially touch everything. Yeah, exactly. And because of that, like there's so many things that you can do with this that like you can't, you can't focus on one thing because there's, everyone is different. Everyone has opinions on what they think is important. Everyone has their own domain expertise. And when they try and bring that to the table, they say, I'm using my domain expertise. I'm going to take some crypto and try and apply it. And only in some cases will that work yeah. like really, really, really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're only at the point now we're trying to figure out what that is. And so like it, shit's not going to work because people are trying stuff and it's really early and and, and it's going to be a while. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Elon Musk, he's one of my favorite people on the planet, which yeah. is he's obvious. He's a superhero. He's either a superhero or a supervillain, one of those yeah. two. <laughs> or an alien. Or an alien. He's, yeah. he's not from here. But he said something plain, like point blank in period of interview I watched of him when I was an undergrad many years ago. And he was like, I started Tesla and I knew that if Tesla was going to be popular, I had to make an automobile that was so far superior than everything on the road that it was undeniable. Yeah. Yep. Because he had a mountain to climb and that's called big auto and the oil industry and the energy industry. They want him to fail because if he succeeds, he fucks up their money. They don't want that. They got old money. They like being fat and rich. Exactly. If Bitcoin it, attacked banks. The banks know damn well they can't compete with cryptocurrency if it operates at theoretical max. Yeah. You send a hundred grand to somebody in China for less than less than damn a penny. They can't compete with that. They can't. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna sully its name. They're gonna pay companies. They're gonna do all the dirt to yeah. buy themselves enough time. To hijack that tech. Yeah. yeah. That's all they can do because Bitcoin is superior. Cryptocurrency is superior. They can't compete with it. Well, if it's supposed to, if it fucking gets working, they know they can't, but they have enough money to buy the time to sully the, sully the narrative. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's, that's yeah. I was that's say. just the way it goes. I mean, it, yep. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency have to be so far superior than a very, very nice financial system. Don't get me wrong. I sent money to my girl the other day. We don't have the same bank. It took fucking 20 seconds. It took 20 seconds because we're both in the States and we're fortunate enough to have a financial s- system that is fucking great. Yeah, I don't. I didn't need to know her banking. If they didn't need a picture of her, they didn't need shit. I just sent it to her phone number. Boom, done. So, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. But the, the, Bitcoin the thing is, the average consumer wants to use crypto because as a fiat replacement or to buy cheeseburgers at McDonald's. That's where we are ten years later. The world is bigger than McDonald's purchases and sending money through your phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's where the average consumer is. And you're talking about Elon Musk, you know, he might've built a car that's undeniably superior to him, but he has to convince the rest of the world. So more people buy Tesla's than Toyota Camry's and that shit takes a long time. Yeah, it does. Look how long Tesla has been around, but you can't argue to me that you can hop in a Tesla and that car is not better than every car on the road. I, yeah, I will fight that. I will fight that. Absolutely. Okay. It, okay. Name it, it's that, what two point six seconds is how it goes zero to sixty. Is there another car that can do that on the road? I mean, it, if you can say a Porsche is better than a Hugo, that might be a fact based. But there's someone out there who might have a better emotional response through nostalgia or whatever, a subjective opinion that might prefer one car over the other. You can't definitively say that a Tesla is better than another car because there are many factors that go into buying a car. I'm talking about objectively better. We can't, yeah, but if we're talking about mass adoption, those are the same hurdles. Like it, when when the Bitcoin white paper came out, it was better than fiat then. It's it's the convincing part that's taking so long. It's not what the developers are doing at status. It's not about the ICO boom and Mount Gox. It's simply convincing people. It has 
be like far superior objectively. And I honestly, I think the Tesla I think, is right. I, I mean, the Nintendo Switch is not far superior to the PlayStation, but there's many people that buy that. Graphically, it sucks. It's clunkier. It's not as powerful, but some people prefer it. You, I don't think you can think that way. I mean, yeah, I, but you're not arguing the same thing. I'm talking yeah. about like. Yeah, honestly, I think honestly, I think both of you guys have good points. But if you really think about it, right? Because whether you're talking about Tesla or you're talking about crypto, when you really think about it, or say we just talk about just the U.S., right? Say we shut out the rest of the world for 2.5 seconds. Um, when you think about it, cryptocurrency, we're talking financial. You're talking about taking something that is basically not controlled by fucking, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the, the Federal Reserve, the powers that be, whatever in the fuck. And to make a whole country okay with that when they're basically pushing the, the narrative of the opposite purposely to try to make sure they get far enough into the door before it opens so that they can be the ones, you know, quote unquote, at an advantage with it. So when you think about it, think about how different it would be if the Federal Reserve or the SEC or whatever more open, like really openly embrace cryptocurrency. Their narrative technically would change really fucking fast. And it would be really simple to convince a whole nation of people like, hey, jump on this bandwagon. Why? Because we're saying doing it the same way they do with anything else, pretty much. You know, that the Fox News, CNN, when they have a narrative and they want to push that shit, they push it. And all it takes is a couple of people on a couple of TV stations with, a, you know, with a couple of fucking words. And they repeat it over and over and over to the same people. And then all of a sudden it catches on. So when you think about it, it's going to be hard for cryptocurrency to do it because technically it's a complete uphill battle from where we are right now. So it right now in our minds, you know, people are still saying cryptocurrency. It's not backed by anything. Like, and this is 10 years down the road. It's like, motherfucker, neither is the dollar. Has it been for a long fucking time? But at the same time, people, you know, they just, they, they go by what they hear. They go by what they see. And most of that shit comes from television. And there is no real fucking anything coming from a main media source that most people in the U.S. watch right now that are giving them good, legitimate info on cryptocurrency. So it's just like, where else is it going to come from? All right, you got you got a couple points there that I want to I want to reiterate. One, um, you nailed it on the head with people don't give a shit because if we if we all I think every single one of us, excluding like a small minority of people who have gotten into crypto, think about what it was like when we first started. Mm-hmm. The first question we had to answer is what is money? How does money work? Because none yeah. of us really knew. Yep. Right. True. And we're like, oh, that money works that way, and this works this way. Oh, this is way better. But like most people don't even know that. Yes. And then two, like, let's think about what happened in the last bull run. What was the mainstream media talking about? They were talking about <laughs> yeah. Ripple and like things like that. Like at, at, the, at, the, at the top of the peak, they were teaching people how to buy Ripple yeah. on CNBC. And th- was, that the, was that the right narrative that people should be um, learning about and understanding no, but that's what people that's what people get and that's what they're going to continue to get. And so when you see, in my opinion, how you're gonna see this play out is that JPM coin is gonna is gonna pay enough money to get on these 
these broadcast networks that people start buying into it. Your bank, your banking feature is going to start having a cryptocurrency feature that's basically JPM coin, yeah. where they can do all, all the same things they used to do, but a little better. And slowly but surely, like cryptocurrency, proper cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, these open permissionless networks, mm-hmm. are going to have to build something that enables someone to do something they couldn't do beforehand, Facts. but them not really know it in a way that's just as easy as the way they do shit now. Yeah. Otherwise, it's never going to catch on because we're not going to have the money or buying power to like, I don't want to say infiltrate, but like get the word out to the amount of people that need to understand that type of thing. Because one, they don't give a shit. Two, it's yeah. really hard to understand. Yep. And I'd also like to say, Cello, like with your analogy about the Nintendo Switch, that is close, but it's not exactly what I mean. What I mean is that like, if me and you wanted to make a game system right now, we that shit would have to be the bomb. It would have to be better than anything that was ever cooking. It would have to just, it would have to make people feel like they're plugged into the fucking matrix. I don't know how we'd even do it because right now there's Nintendo, Sony, fucking Microsoft. They all got the game on lock. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that because in marketing, you're not trying to build a better product on top of each other. What? You're trying to figure out what are we trying to solve. If I'm Coke, I can't make a better beverage than Dr. Pepper. I have to create a different taste. What problem is crypto trying to solve? Fiat is already more convenient. It's more intuitive. It's accepted everywhere. The U.S. government, they're incompetent, but they're not scamming you with initial fiat offerings. There aren't thousands of fiat variants that are indistinguishable from one another if someone robs you there's financial institutions that are going to back you up crypto can't solve all that right now that's why people are lazy people don't care and people are that goes to what Corey just said is that it defends it's money it's how you're defining money but it goes against your analogy you can't build something better it needs to have it needs to solve a problem that something else isn't i agree i agree with that wholeheartedly okay so what problem what problems do we have with money it's infrastructure it's underserved people who can't get access to these types of things or 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 like create a micro community and then uh make a living off that micro community based on the interaction of value within it right like if you can like people would quit their job immediately if they could do what they loved in a community that that supported them and get paid to do it yeah, there's not a really good way to do that without a large amount of fees these days. I think yeah. cryptocurrency allows for that type of thing. It does. You can come up with new ways of making money because cryptocurrency is basically just digital scarcity. It's a way to like send value over the internet without having to rely on someone else to verify it for you. That's it, and that allows for like small communities of people who all care about something similar to transact with each other with value as opposed to just transacting information right now with the internet, people can create echo chambers of information really easily, but there's no value associated with it. When you add value to that type of thing, I think you're going to build a lot of different like social structures that allow people to make a living off the thing they love doing and not in essence, be a slave to some job and be unhappy. Yeah. I mean, Yes, yeah, and I think the biggest problem is that, right, because if, if we're going to talk finance or we're going to talk money, right, it is undeniable that even at this point right now, and I'm talking objectively, not subjectively, cryptocurrency is already better than 
any fiat in existence. That's objectively is a fact. That's obvious as shit. It's the reason why it's come the way it came in this amount of time. Now, the problem that cryptocurrency is having is what Marcello was talking about is the subjective part. And honestly, a lot of that comes from miseducation and even more than that, diseducation, meaning people purposely miseducating you so that you don't understand that. Because if you if you start looking at the finance world and you look at or just say just the U.S. and you look at the history of the U.S. dollar or our monetary systems prior to that up until this point, this shit is a fuck. It's a shit show. It's a complete shit show. It's a smorgasbord of basically scams. You know what I'm saying? But people feel comforted by it. Why? Because people are comforted by the idea of government. They're comforted by the idea of banks, right? But at the end of the day, they're comforted comforted by the same people that's technically robbing the fuck out of them. So if you've been taught in a world to basically follow and you've been basically blinded, to think that the people who are robbing me are actually the good guys, you're going to continue to usually operate in that way. It's only through true education that people are going to be able to open their mind and see outside of the box of the fiat world and understand cryptocurrency. And I can only say this only because I've had this conversation with several people. And then when you sit down and you line up the facts and they, and a person has the mind open enough to go outside of their comfort zone of fiat and they just objectively lay down facts, it's like ding, ding, ding. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Why didn't I understand this before? But that's the problem. The media understands they want to keep people in a subjective state. Why? Because they can do whatever in the fuck they want, whenever in the fuck they want. And as long as they keep that in check, they can push whatever narrative they want. And that's what's going to happen. If we were in a world to where that wasn't the case and people were really, truly allowed to think freely on all levels, I think shit would be completely fucking different. Completely different. I don't I don't quite agree with that. And here's why. Like, I don't I think people only care about the things that allow them to live their life like they they're okay with the way the mortgage industry works because they can get a mortgage and buy a house and have a home. Mm. They don't care about things because they can have a job, get paid, buy their groceries and make a family. And, and, and the way that all of those things happen in the background are gross and, and wrought with, you know, corruption and so on and so forth, but they don't care because they can still get these things. They can get a credit card and use them terribly, but still buy their groceries or the new projector for their house or TV or whatever the hell it is. Right. Like it's a short term thing of, I need to get through this month and live. And the, and the infrastructure that we built to allow them to do that is gross and makes a small amount of people very fat and happy. And I, and, and my opinion, cryptocurrency changes a lot of that. So if we can allow people to still get through their lives, but in a way that's more sustainable for everybody, mm-hmm. then that's, it's just better off. And I feel like this technology pushes in that direction. And that's where a lot of its, its problems come from is because the people who are fat and happy now don't want that to happen because they're fat and happy. Yes. Of course. Now, so I, I will hundred percent agree with you and especially cause you're the one with marketing expertise, but I'd like to say that the, the problem with Bitcoin is that the problems that it's solving are not problems to a large percentage of people. They're yeah. not even problems people know exist. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody fucking cares that 
money is best when it's not owned by anyone, when yeah. it is this completely moot thing to any party except for that it transfers value and no one owns it. Nobody cares. The reason why you know nobody cares because everybody's using dollars and we own all those shits. <laughs> Greenspan literally just said the other day, the U.S. doesn't care about paying its bills because we could just print more money. We yeah. own that shit. That's yeah. our money that everyone's using. Yeah. Right? People don't care about those problems. Those problems are so deep. They're, it's a part of economics, which, by the way, is called the dismal science for a reason because it's fucking dismal to study. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Those are the problems that Bitcoin solves. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that though. But you know what happens though? The people that tend to care about things that people don't end up being enormously wealthy. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I'm so interested because I, I can't enormously wealthy. I, <laughs> yes, that's the people that care about things that most people let's go back to Tesla. Yeah. Electric cars. He really cares about it. He's very passionate about it. How much money does fucking Elon Musk have? He's got so much money, he just yeah, gives that shit away. Retarded. He takes a lot less than he should be getting. <laughs> like, it's the people that care about things that a lot of people don't care about tend to be really wealthy. That's that anybody wealthy you can name. Who gives a shit about fake wrestling? Not a lot of people, but Vince McMahon does. Vince McMahon cares a lot <laughs> about fake, stupid ass, acting, dumb wrestling slapping people on the chest it's retarded looking everyone knows it <laughs> but he's very passionate and he's yeah. created a billion dollar industry all from stupid fake wrestling he right. also cared about the xfl when we saw how that turned out yeah well <laughs> that, there's another uh like uh, there's trons everywhere okay there's trons everywhere yeah <laughs> so i was yes. just saying like oh God, yes it, it's bitcoin is it's not like it's it's losing it's 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 just such a slow game and yeah. it's solving that just most people don't about you even like your most educated people on the planet yeah. you tell them like yes bitcoin is the future and they're like i mean not i don't care like let, me ask, let me ask you so Corey, if you and aaron broke up d if you and carla broke up would your would they continue to use bitcoin or crypto or you think they're humoring you or do you think they're really interested in what you have told them about the space oh aaron's in it's a winner She'd keep. She, I don't. I don't know if she'd use it, but she'd definitely keep investing in it. Uh, I use it because I'm so deep in the space that I know enough people that also use it, and that they're they're willing to go through the, the trouble of doing that type of thing. Like I use Gitcoin bounties almost a third of every single day. Mm. But like she, she'll just like she's like, yeah, uh, I'll keep buying it, and because it's a it's probably a really good investment for me. That's how she feels. So if we like, if we broke up, she would keep doing that. Later on down the line, when it becomes easier to use, she may actually use it for certain things. Carla doesn't give a shit about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I send her Bitcoin all, all the time. And the only thing she asks is, which button do I press to get this into my bank account? And I say, you have no idea how hard you're hurting my soul when I give you this when I give you these gems from the universe and she's like, I don't give a shit. I got bills to pay. Like, yeah. <laughs> how do I make it turn into dollars? And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Hurts. And that's, I think, yeah. And your girl is, I think how most of the world is right now. That's how most people feel. Like, yeah, man. Even like my, my brother's a very smart guy. And he got his fucking degree, a business degree in finance. But guess what? He didn't give a shit about Bitcoin until he could buy some J's with it. 
And then he was like, oh, shit, this is kind of cool. I, I can I can buy J's with this. And I was like, yeah, man. And he's like, oh, OK, well, at least it has some kind of value then. I yeah. thought it was nothing. So it's it's one of those things, Joe, where you're right, but you're so right it hurts because the problems that crypto solves just aren't problems that are on anyone's radar. I'm still on crypto side, man. I just I like to bring up the other side. I know yeah. that that is the side though. Is like it's the problems are the problems aren't on anyone's radar, and that's yeah, that is what it is. So that's why I'm curious to see what uh, people's sentiment will be like when we go into our next big fucking recession, depression, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, I'm really curious to see what people say or think at that moment i'm curious to see how the fucking fed reacts with to cryptocurrency when it happens honestly how do you um, know they didn't plan that shit um they like, could have they I could know. have very well and i this, this here's my thing if they're ever uh, foil if, cap if if they're conspiracy <laughs> corner they say conspiracy you know what? I know it was the fucking Fed. No, I'm just playing. No, um, no. <laughs> but off the record, I don't know that. No, but no, seriously. Um, I really think though that if there ever comes a time where the Federal Reserve or the banks or the government really starts fully embracing crypto, I'm gonna be fucking worried because I'm gonna feel like okay, you guys have definitely already infiltrated this in a way probably that I, it's just maybe is unseen to the naked eye. Um, because I just can't foresee that happening. Like I really couldn't, you know. Um, like I said, watching how things have happened, even just over the last two years, and watching how they react in the background to when stuff happens in the space, it is literally the complete fucking opposite. And I know it's some random people sitting in this big-ass dark room around this big-ass round-ass table with a bunch of fucking money, and they're trying to figure out how can we put our foot so deep into this shit that if it takes (laughs) off, that we know we can eat off this shit forever. Do y'all really think that people like sit around dark-ass rooms with like uh, capes on and, and, you and, capes? and, and <laughs> signet rings and all this crazy nonsense i mean no it's just like some boring ass dude in a well-lit you know well-lit yeah. cubicle that says like i don't know just just do that that seems like it's gonna make a bunch of money and who cares about anybody else yeah i mean i, I jpm coin is a thing right jp yeah. morgan has a has a stable currency it's a stable yeah, coin yeah yeah. That is exactly what we're and talking to the, about. Is be, to the beginning of the conversation, guys, I mean, I I'm not like the I'm not Negro Domus or anything, but <laughs> institutionalized money has been in crypto for a very, very long time now, for at least 18 months. Mm-hmm. At least. And this yeah. is no mystery. Not only did Nas invest in Coinbase, but so did Goldman Sachs, and they continuously keep investing in Coinbase. Yeah, they're going to. I mean, what's the difference in those two? I mean, like, where where are you going with I'm that? Nas saying, and, and Goldman I just Sachs said are two Nas, very. I said Nas would be funny because it's kind of <laughs> cool. Nas is cool. It's cool that he got in that early, and he's probably made a lot of money off of the Bitcoin that he's had for that long. But Goldman Sachs. Is continue. They keep re-upping their investments in Coinbase every new round. The yeah. Institutional money is already here. They're already getting entrenched. They're already preparing for the possibility that crypto could become what yeah. us geeks think it can can, can be. And yeah. then on the other side of that, the finance geeks have taken this market and just they are having a blast. They're having a blasty blast. 
So <laughs> they are making money and loving it. I bet a bunch of them shorted Bitcoin back when it was at 20,000 per. They've got some really nice houses. They got really nice boats. So so so, so coming from a, like a the technology perspective, you thought hard to understand derivatives were making people rich. Imagine what people are going to come up with that's going to be built on this technology mm-hmm. that are going to be impossible to understand except for a small amount of people that will probably be very scammy, but no one, but it's too difficult to understand. That's going to make people incredibly rich. Yeah. Like the housing market is built off of ridiculous things. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Just go watch a few housing market crash movies and then think about how that was built off an ancient technology. That is the way money works now. And then think about what people are going to be able to build on when you drastically change the way money works, when you make it a programming language. Yeah. So like the future (laughs) is going to be very weird, right? There's going to be, we left a lot of room for people who would like to take advantage of the system to do that. If we allow things to, to, to work that way. And I don't know how to move forward where that's not the possibility, but like, like buckle up, hold on to your butts. Cause it's going to get real weird. Yeah. I think, th- cause I think this is, I feel like cryptocurrency. If people don't realize, I really feel like cryptocurrency is the fucking wake up call. It's like, yo, yeah. wake the fuck up. Like, I don't, I don't think people really understand the, like you said, the gap. I mean, if you think about it, right. If cryptocurrency really does take off, right. The amount of people who are really going to know how this works on a very detailed level, technologically, is going to be exactly it's going to be small as fuck. And then think about the amount of the rest of the world that won't have an understanding, you know, and comparing that to our current economic system. It's like, okay, most people don't know about economics now as it stands without shit being super technical. So imagine adding that shit to the pot on top of all of the shit that people don't already know. It's going to just further push everybody back, right? And I even think about it from the sense is is the people who want to keep the money around, they would probably fucking like that because it's it's less than anybody could ever do. Even even smaller. I mean, it's I mean, obviously, who the fuck is going to who the fuck is going to take over the Federal Reserve? Probably nobody. But at the same time, it's like if you add that cryptocurrency component to it on top of that, it makes it even even more, seem even more untouchable to the average person. So yeah. I, I just really feel like, yo, people like people really need to understand, like, get the fuck off of Netflix, get the fuck off your couch. Like, I understand you have a job, you have to pay bills, you have shit you have to do. Everybody has to live their life and try to survive, right? But at the same time, there's certain information that is not common knowledge that I really feel like needs to be common knowledge. Coding, that shit, I really feel like, at least on a basic level, that shit should be fucking common knowledge. Finance and real real economics, not bullshit, but real economics should be common knowledge. This should be shit that's really being taught to people, but it's not. So that gap is just getting huge as fuck. And then one day I feel like people are going to look up and be like, uh, so what, what the, we don't know how any of this shit works. We don't, they're going to be completely reliant on the system. 
idiocracy is what you're talking about. Facts. <laughs> that's dead ass no. what it is. And that's and I and when I honestly when I thought about that myself with cryptocurrency, like that scared it scared the shit out of me because uh, I'm very I'm the guy that's sitting in the background. I'm listening to the regular people in society. I'm listening to the conspiracy theorists. I'm taking everything. I'm taking pieces from all of it and putting the shit together and then reading in between the lines like, oh, shit. Okay, here, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? So when crypto started currency, when I really started digging into that shit, I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, I really feel like this has the potential to potentially push a lot of people back into a serious, like, uh, I don't even know what the fuck the, like even further removed from the system they're already in. You know what I'm saying? It's like you really it definitely need to has give, that potential. Yeah, it's like give it the fucking program. Like, coming from you, someone, like, I understand yeah. how this works. I, I like from a from a, a deep technical level, mm-hmm. and I have a pretty good idea on where it's going and how more complicated it's getting in terms in terms of like getting to the point of being really, really, really easy to use. Yeah. And like the layers that are involved of that are required to get to that point are so complex that like it may provide them with the ability to like do all of these things they couldn't do in a way that can't be traced or gives them a lot of freedoms and a lot of, a lot of things they couldn't have or control over their own data. Yeah. But they're not going to understand it. Yep. Not even close because it's hard. Like zero knowledge proofs are hard. And they're gonna be involved. So, like, like just just based on that fact alone, where do you go? Like, can, can anyone explain to me what a Merkle tree is or a Patricia tree and the difference between the two? No, of course not, right? <laughs> and and it's a, that type of thing, those types of things that are building these systems, no one's gonna know about. And so, it's either it's gonna have to be marketing, it's gonna have to be ways of reaching the people or giving them some type of you know quote unquote killer app that they need to use this technology to get at that yeah. banks and, and centralized fiat currencies can't do. Otherwise there's pretty much no chance for it. Yep. Mm. I agree a hundred percent. And I only say that too, Corey, because the individual behind ECC, I had a, when I first found out about them, he was really cool. And he had a conversation with me and he, cause I had a million fucking court. I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. You know, I've, I've in the past, I've, I've worked as a QA analyst. So I worked alongside developers and helped test the code and things like that, but I don't code myself. Right. So I understand, uh, the extreme time and knowledge that goes into coding. So when I first talked to him, what amazed that I could even talk to him, um, I was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what, what does it really take to do this shit? Yo, when I told you my mind fucking exploded, I was like, what the fuck? And if that's when I really understood, I was like, yo, this shit is not fucking easy. And it's crazy because a lot of people try to chop it up to be simple. Like, oh, why isn't this doing this yet? Like, no, I think a lot of people don't understand from a technological perspective how difficult this shit is and how not simple it is. So, and I think that was one of the biggest reasons why NECC, that dev, was trying to interact and talk to as many people in the community as possible to try to get that out there, right? But that shit is, that's hard as fuck when everybody's still talking about where's my Lambo, period. I mean, just because it is complex doesn't mean that you, you have to, so if it's that complex, then at some rate, that's probably multiples of that complexity. You have to be making efforts to make it simple. You have to. 
Yeah. You can't That's what I mean by making it accessible to the end user. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't afford not to. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, it's going to have you to gotta, be gotta, You got to make it simple. Yeah. So. And it's funny, too, because when I think about it, right, it, it's like it, it's almost like you have two ends of the spectrum pretty much going further away from each other because you could assume the easier it is for the front end user to use the more difficult or the more the more um, um, detailed the technological portion is of it on the back end. So it's like, if it, you know, if it gets more easier, there's more shit going on on the back end. So I can only imagine yeah. what it's yeah. like when it gets to the point to where it's like, oh, any fucking body can do this. It's like, oh, shit. That's why that's why I say, like, it has to be something that people can make money from it has yeah. to better their lives in a way that it couldn't have been the previous right yeah and so like we keep talking about people being able to control their own data that's not something people care about what people care about is monetizing their own data and yes. in some type of way that's automated and unless we enable something like that where they can do the same thing they can but make some money off of it yeah then they're not gonna care yep because they want i think the United States is a prime example of this. People want convenience and they'll do whatever they can to get to it. Yeah. They'll have surveillance systems all around their house that answers to their women call because they can get whatever they want at their doorstep in two, in two days. It's called Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I like, and that's perfectly fine for people. But if you give them a different type of thing where they can make money off of it, yeah. they're going to use that instead. That, that changes their life in a different way. If we don't provide those sources or those routes for people to do that, then nothing can really take off. Yeah, definitely. That's true, man. People, you're absolutely right there. People try to get into crypto to make a lot of money, money. the easiest way. It used to be mining. That kind of dried up. Yep. Now it's Then it was ICOs. Then it was ICOs. That yeah, I'm up. glad that I hope it negative dries up. I hope some of that. <laughs> I don't know, man. We were making a bit of money off ICOs for a bit. And then... Um, <laughs> Now it seems just because I have to read the headlines every damn week. Uh, thank you guys for listening to that, by the way. Um, <laughs> is exchanges? Yep. Exchanges are popping up. I think Japan has a waiting line of 140 exchanges trying to get a license so they can pop up an exchange. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, 140 exchange. Why do we need 100? Are there 140 regular exchanges? Like, <laughs> right. like this is what I'm asking myself. Like, I know there's what Nasdaq, S and P. I guess maybe there are that many. Are those even exchanges? It was just markets. Now I'm just, anyways, I'm going on a tangent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Corey, I agree. People are trying to make money. So y'all heard the CEO of Wells Fargo quit today? Really? No. Uh, yeah, it was kind of slowly mentioned in the article, and they he's, I think I think my mic just went out, but he's a uh, he's also a guy who kind of likes crypto. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. That, you know, aside from the barrage of apom tweets we're about to get today about how you can't break <laughs> Bitcoin, I, I do think it's it's a good move. Apom is he's a guy. Anyways, um, sorry, yeah. it's your show. Yeah. No, you're good. He was about to wrap things up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I gotta stop. I guess right. we're so comfortable with this. We just take over the show. Right. These are like, all right, everybody, thanks for listening in to uh, <laughs> I was about to go into my mode, man. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, you're you're good, man. No, nah, man, that was that's that's like yeah, see, this shit right here is why I do this podcast. That whole fucking <laughs> conversation, man. Like, where else can shit like this happen where you have 
four people in completely different locations just having a real fucking conversation about some real shit. No way. <laughs> Bitcoin Podcast Network. Exactly. Where. Exactly. Bitcoin Podcast Network where you should go and listen to every fucking show. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here. I'm literally like, I'm literally uh, uh, kind of digesting everything we just talked about. Like, it was really a good fucking conversation. I want to re-listen to this episode just so yeah. I can kind of recapture a lot of it. Me too. It was good. Yeah, it was a good show. It was definitely good, I, man. I are we rapping? I think we're rapping. <laughs> oh, I think we okay. are rapping. Well, it's like, we, we done rapping. yet? We're done? I, I, I do. I want to give my uh, my thanks to you. You're you're the only person on the network uh, that that releases consistently every week. Step your game up, everybody else. You're killing wow. it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, here's here's oh, something that yes. here's something that I don't think people Bye. understand. You're the first person on our network that has outshone us. That's true. Wow. Your downloads are getting more than what we get as the as the flagship show on the network. So congratulations for that. Good work. You're you're doing an awesome job. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Like seriously, highly appreciate it, man. Honestly, um, I man, I couldn't. And it was funny. I was talking to Dennis about this the other day. I was like, really, I couldn't be happier. Like, I'm really, really, really fucking glad that that you got. You know, Dennis was already on you guys' network, and um, I was able to link up with you guys, man. Because I think the way I, I just I love it. I love it. You guys. I feel like I. It's like. I'm a part of the network and you guys really do allow for that creative process. You know, you guys don't micromanage and things like that. And the way I am, right. The way I am is that the way I see it is, okay, they allow me this space. They allow me to come into, you know, their platform. I have to, I have to do good. I can't, I can't fuck this up. Cause I'm never the person to just get an opportunity, opportunity and get comfortable. So I felt like with what you guys were doing, with what you guys built, built, it, you know what I'm saying? The only way I could pay homage to you guys for allowing me to do this was to put as much effort into it as possible. So I really feel like me doing this and getting to where I'm at right now is just a reflection of what you guys have basically gave given me opportunity-wise. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't... Somebody, like deadass, somebody could not pay me to go to another network. Period. Because I'm really happy where I'm at. And I really fuck with y'all. I, I like you got that on the record. But you have it on the record. Yeah. This is no. yeah. <laughs> this is like signing Noted. a contract. Noted. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I am. I really am happy, man. And you guys, um, I feel like you guys really gave me an opportunity to have a voice in crypto. Um, and you know, it's not like, oh, okay, I don't think my show could have did good without you guys, but I absolutely completely understand that if I would have released this by myself versus with you guys, it would have been different. And I think that I just really value the that part of it, and just I respect it. you guys as, as, as individuals. Hey, um, let's play. Let's play a game. I've released eight episodes of my podcast. Guess how many total downloads I have? Oh shit! And keep in uh, mind all the work I've put into it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, let's, like, let's total see. total downloads. I say you're averaging 55 per eight times 55. I'd say you're at 400 and something odd downloads. You are a hundred percent correct. That is about three hours of crypto bull. When I post a crypto bully episode, you get more downloads in like two, three hours than I have <laughs> in two months at about 35 hours of work. 
<laughs> just put that in perspective. And it's not that you wouldn't have got that, like you yeah. said, without us. It's just that yeah. we were able to give you a larger audience for people to appreciate your show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because when... Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say... Uh-huh. Too, so go ahead, Linda. Yeah, yeah, no, but I was going to say, yeah, the two, I tell people all the time, right? I'm the voice. I do my shit. People tell me all the time, oh, we love your podcast. We love your voice. We love the format. That's cool. The two reasons why my stats are the way they are are two fucking things. It's really simple. One, the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Two, fucking ECC, the marketing team. That whole, the basically, the reason why this podcast exists is because their marketing team made me do this shit. Literally, they they literally like like no. This is how it happened. I did an interview for ECC on a whim because the person who was supposed to do it couldn't do it. I did it. Everybody loved it, and they were like, "Yo, start a podcast." And I'm just like, eh, "Nah, maybe later." They literally went within two weeks of not knowing this person at all. Went and got John McAfee for a fucking interview. They were like, "Hey, you're gonna start a podcast," and I'm like, "No, no, I'm not. We have John McAfee," and I'm like, "Well, oh, all right, I guess I am. Fuck it, I guess I so, am now." <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, "Yo!" So as soon as they said that, and I thought about Dennis, and I thought about you guys, I was like, "Yo, Dennis, plug me, please." <laughs> so, um, and shout out to Dennis too because, like I said, he was the one that um told me about you guys to begin with, and 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 uh, spoke good stuff about y'all too. So if it wasn't for him being on there. Uh, yeah, cause I, you know what? I never, I, before now I didn't fucking listen to podcasts. I definitely didn't do pod like nothing. I was like the podcast world was almost like, I knew it existed, but I just didn't fucking pay attention to it. So, uh, this has brought a lot of like dope new shit to me. So yeah, like seriously, yeah, it's, it's like all I listen to now. Like yeah. when, when I'm in my car, my daughter's like, why is the radio talking? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm sorry. This is the climate we live in now. Facts, yeah. <laughs> your future daughter, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better start practicing your podcast, voice daughter, because you're gonna have one too. <laughs> yep. So yeah, legit, man. Uh, I super appreciate you guys and what you guys have took in. You guys took all the bullets in the beginning, for real. Y'all took all of the bullets and you built the uh, you built what it is to what it is right now, and you absolutely made it a lot easier for me to be able to push my content out to an audience that has already been tailored to obviously what you guys have already been doing. So, you know, that's respect, mad respect. You put in the time. There's no, you can't, nobody can erase that. Nobody can take that shit away. So that's, that's what I love. So I'm here. Right. To any network that is listening to this right now, you better not fucking ask me to join your network because it's never (laughs) happened. Don't ask me. I'm getting the Bitcoin podcast network tatted on my left chest. How about that? Nah, legit, but man, sit, no, seriously, seriously. Um, I had a fucking blast with y'all coming on. Uh, y'all are, yeah, look, y'all, ha- you, you absolutely have a choice, but you don't have a fucking choice. You're coming on here again. And we're going to chop it up again. <laughs> and we're going to have another good time. This is no shit. This is, this was dope. This was so dope. This was so refreshing. So like, like seriously, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on this stuff, man. It was dope. Well, we try to do it like once a quarter. Let's do it. I'm with it. Hell yeah. We have Quarterly a little episodes. team up episode, and then we can kind of speak to some things freely like we I'm, did. That's I'm with it. That's the plan on napkins, right? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, all right. Shit. That was dope. Man, I had a blast, y'all, for real. Seriously. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I said, I said, like, <laughs> cut. 
We'd like to thank everyone for your support here at the Bullpen Podcast all season long and look forward to having you at the next episode. We'd also like to give a special thanks to the team behind the scenes that make this show possible. Today's show notes can be found on our website at thebullpenpodcast.io forward slash post show stats. Also, don't forget to like and retweet us at One Bullpen Podcast. That's the number one bullpen podcast. And to watch Lyndon do some exciting and probably some weird things too, tune into the Snapchat at the Crypto Bully. That's at the Crypto Bully. It's been a pleasure, and see you at the next show. Good night, everyone.